This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about waiting on the Lord, but it's not what you think. Mm. Uh, just about six, seven <laughs> weeks ago, I remember sitting in the worship center watching the 80-something person, yeah. not an 80-year-old. Maybe it was an 80-year-old, but the 80th. I think uh, we did baptize an 80-year-old. We may we did, have. Yeah. seemed like we baptized everybody in sight, but the 80-something person. I had somebody tweet me and say, I didn't realize that were, there were that many lost people in <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> And, and and this is three days before Christmas, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on right now? One Sunday morning, 80-something people were way over time, which was uh, no one even paid attention or cared. We had just determined to cancel meeting in person for four weeks, yeah. and God just blew that place apart. Uh, lowest attendance attended Sunday attendance ever Sunday since we've, we've been here. In the fall. No, no, ever since I've been here. Since we've since Five we've years. been at the church. Five years. And 80-something people get baptized. And uh, we, we talked about last week how, you know, spontaneous baptism was something you feel like the Lord was calling us to do. This is not something we tried to manufacture. This is not something that we had uh, 70 people lined up and then 15 more, you know, came in. This was, we, we really saw just a powerful response to God. And there are people, out, pastors out there right now who are thinking, man, I wish that would happen in my church who are thinking, what did you do to get there? And as we've said before, we're going to talk more about that Sunday, but as we've said before, there's no step-by-step process to revival. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, we know that there are ways we can position ourselves for God to move, however he's going to move in your church, in your life, in your heart. Yeah. And one of the things that we did very, uh, we, we were very intentional about is, one, n- not and we're we're not even through this podcast we're not trying to make light of this and what's still going on here at long hollow by the way and, and other churches even we're seeing incredible stories yeah. of revival um we're not trying to categorize it or manage it or classify it or provide a, a step-by-step process we're just trying to tell the story of what god's doing well and and martin lloyd jones used to say uh, the greatest way to quench the working of the holy spirit in your church is formality Mm. through formality we want we're good at organizing yeah the first century church was good at agonizing in prayer <laughs> we're good at organizing in the boardroom <laughs> they were good at agonizing on their faces so i think what what i want you to hear as we get into this is don't hear man if i do this this and this god will show up at my church right what the greatest thing i can tell you right now if your heart is just kind of bursting within you and saying, man, I need this, or your spirit within is just saying, I I want this, then I would say you begin to sit with the Lord and get a word from God. Mm. You begin to sit with God and spend time with him and say, I'm not going to move until you speak, because God may express himself differently in your Mm -hmm. church. For us, it's an expression of baptism. Uh, yeah. which is which is a really big step you know it could be conversion and we've had I mean obviously this Sunday we had tons of people raise their hand walk an aisle meet with someone in conversion but for us it's baptism which is a huge ask of obedience huge yeah. ask especially if you, we got to remember four of those weeks we were officially not meeting that's right it all happened so, online so people <clears throat> are coming uh just 
as they're, they're seeing what's happening online, and they've got to get the, in their mind, they've got to get to this building, or even in some cases in their bathtub at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kinds of situations. Before we tell that, yeah, I, I don't, I'm getting ahead of you're getting ahead of yourself. Let's go back. Yeah, I know because there's so many stories. <laughs> Let's go back to um, what happened up to the day the Lord really yes. spoke to me, and I knew it was clearly the Lord. Um, what happened up to that date? Two years before, I went to Tim Lafleur, mm-hmm. who was. Um, our discipleship coordinator, and uh, he was the equipping pastor here at Long Hollow. And I just said, Tim, we are a church that prays, but we're not a praying church. Mm -hmm. And you may say, what's the difference between that? A church that prays is a church you give a prayer request to and they'll pray for. A praying church is going to pray and bathe everything in prayer. Mm -hmm. They're going to be praying during the sermons. They're going to be praying during the preaching. They're going to be praying before events. They're going to be praying after events. Uh, So these are men and women who feel a call to intercession. They feel a call to stand in the gap. They feel a call to take the arrows, to take the shots, um, and and really be used by God through prayer. So uh, I said, "Could could we have people praying around the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we outlined the week. It's 168 hours. Mm. Okay. There's 168 hours a week. Yeah. And I said, could we get people to sign up? Well, at first, I mean, people signed up. It was great. They took the best hours, you know, mm. 10 a.m., yeah. uh, 1, 1 p.m., you know, uh, four o'clock was, well, a, was a popular hour. We did something that, like this years ago at, at uh, Cross Church, First Baptist Springdale, Arkansas at the time. And we ended up having a revival there as well. Yeah, but what we called it there was warriors on the wall, Ooh. and and as a young eighteen year old new believer, two a.m. was a perfect time slot. Ooh, you were you were ready to go at two. A. <laughs> I, a, I remember getting a call the first week waking me up. Hello, hey uh, Chris, it's your time to take uh, over the prayer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, I got it. And on my knees now. After about two weeks, I was done with two a.m. Yeah, yeah, I guess wall. so. I guess so. <laughs> Well, that's that's a funny thing you said that because we found that people would take really up to midnight or one, but between yeah. the two and four period, yeah, ooh, that was tough, that's that was a hard. Tough so we we were able to, by God's grace, over the course of a year and a half, we were able to get up to a hundred and sixty three hours. I think at one point we got up. I think mm-hmm. we I think we're back in the one fifties now, but we got up to one sixty two, one sixty three, and um, people were just praying around the clock. And so that was the seedbed, Chris, for months and months and months before we saw any real mm-hmm. tangible, expressive move of God, you know, an encounter with God. So I just want you to hear this. There's no, there's no quick fix to, uh, to see a revival. This is not a, as we say in the discipleship realm, this is not a microwavable recipe. Right. There's the, not a, a switch you can uh, hit today that may... Uh, push this to tomorrow, but if you start praying. Yes. Now, here's the cool thing. If you're listening and, and, and you're yearning for this and you're saying, I want to see a move like that, here's a good thing. A couple of things. Number one is the desire you have to desire God has been given to you by God. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have a desire for God is a good thing because it shows that God's working in your life for more. You want more. You're sick of normal, mundane, routine Uh, go through the motions, church. You want more, okay? The second thing I want you to realize is this. The purpose of the 10 months on the porch, and I just preached this in a sermon, was more about me than it was about me trying to get God to do something for me. Hmm. What people have to realize is I didn't go into the porch in March 
asking God to revive Long Hollow. Mm -hmm. That was not the prayer. That would have been a great prayer, and I would sound really spiritual if that was the prayer. You know, (laughs) pour out your spirit, send us baptisms. I was not praying that. What I was more concerned about, and this just shows you how God works, I was more concerned about God reviving me Mm. because I was tired and I was worn out. And I had just lost two friends to suicide. Hmm. And I was going through a season of COVID like you. And I was making quick decisions. And I was getting attacked. And I was getting pressured in email. So I really went in selfishly saying, God, I want you to change me. I had no clue what God was going to start doing. Mm -hmm. When you go to God, you have to be careful and say, God, I am an open book. Would you begin to do a deep work in my life? Reveal anything that needs to be revealed. And I said to the Lord, I am willing to obey and change anything. Hmm. Now, you think about how dangerous that prayer is. That's a very dangerous prayer. It is very dangerous. God, I'm open to you to peel back every layer of pride, every layer of arrogance, every layer of selfishness, self-sufficiency, every layer of intellect that I think I have, every layer of knowledge, wisdom. I mean, just peel back everything about me. And who you talk about painful. It was a couple months of just pain. And I'll get to after the break, one of the main ways God took apart my heart mm. and started to really mend it back together uh, and really just break me to a point where God began to soften my heart, mm. where I began to be more emotional more responsive, more sensitive to the Holy Spirit where I wasn't before. So I would say the, the deep work that has to happen is in your own heart. And here's the line I want to give you before the break. You need to realize that a river will never rise higher than its source. A river will never rise higher than its source. So if the source of the water is a certain height, the river cannot exceed that. Okay. What does that mean? If you're a leader, you cannot expect your people to rise to a level higher spiritually than you are. Hmm. If you want to see revival in your people, ask God to revive you. If you want to see a mighty pouring of God's spirit among the place you worship, ask God to pour it out among your heart or in your heart. And when you do that and you say, God, I'm pressing in, I'm the one who's going to chase you more than anybody in this congregation, then what the congregation begins to do is they see you out front and they say, hey, can I join you? And you say, yeah, there's room for one more. And the next thing you know, two say, hey, do you mind if I join the Yeah, we got room for three more, right? And so that, I think, is what started to happen at Long Hollow. We'll show you what happened after the break of what prepared me to get right and to have God open my heart. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We were going to talk about what God has done really to your heart, which uh, it's widely known now, we've talked about on this podcast, that you have a pacemaker. That is true. So as we're talking about your spiritual heart, yes. <laughs> I you want to bring up your, your physical, physical heart. heart. Yeah. 
and uh, and I'm sure there's some spiritual uh, connection there we can make at some point. But I'm sure there is. It eludes actually. me at this time. That, that, no, that is a great connection because <laughs> in 2012, the Lord replaced uh, or, or installed a physical piece of hardware into That's my right. heart. Yeah. I didn't get the memo, so he had to break me spiritually in 2020. You know, <laughs> It's like, right. you didn't get it in 2012. Let me circle back eight years later. <laughs> That's and do it again. Okay, so here, here's what I began to do. And here's a practice I learned, believe it or not, from Ignatius of Loyola. Wow. Yes. That's a throwback. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I, that threw you off. You should have seen his eyes when I said Ignatius. that. Ignatius. Yeah, Ignatius of Loyola. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard of him. Uh, I have not gotten learned anything from him that I know of. Okay, it's called the, he, he had a way of following the Lord called the Ignatian Way. A lot of people don't know much about this, but I study this because here's here's what I'm going to show you. When I began to search for um, Christian foundations for or Christian roots of silence, solitude, spiritual work, mm-hmm. uh, there really is not a lot written in Protestant circles. There really isn't. So I had to venture into the dark ages, uh, to the monasteries, to the early church fathers and mothers, and um, this is where I found it. And so here's what I want to do. I've tried to repackage it some, but here's kind of how it works. The Holy Spirit becomes the physician that begins to do the counseling work in your own heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got to look at it as instead of going to a counselor for him or her to give you feedback on what's happening in your life, you're going to trust that the Holy Spirit of God will begin to work and reveal things in your heart in a way that no one else can because he knows and discerns the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Okay. So here's what I would do. Uh, We talked about silence and solitude. I think last week Uh, I would sit in silence and solitude for about 20 minutes. This is kind of priming the pump. I said last week that uh, silence is the uh, tuning fork for the soul to get in tune with the spirit of God. So I have to allow my soul for an extended period of time, Chris, to slow down. And if you've ever tried to sit in silence, those are listening, you'll know it is almost impossible because the brain is thinking and the eyes are moving and the, and the hearts are, uh, you know, the emotions and the affections are just reeling in your head. And it just shows you how much you, you think about on a daily basis, basis unconsciously, mm. unconsciously. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I sit for 20 minutes, silence and solitude. Okay. Try to slow down my life, slow down the river water of my soul for the sediment to, to settle so I can see and hear the voice of God. Okay. So I'm s- still for that long. And then I'll do something called consolations and desolations. Mm. That sounds Ignatius. Sounds Ignatian. There's yeah. Ignatian. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, yeah, it's a lot of Ignatian to that. <laughs> Consolation and desolation. Okay. Consolations. So here's what I do. After I sit for a while, get my soul, get my spirit settled in my heart still, I'll sit and I'll say, all right, Lord, consolations are what are things that happened today that opened me up to more of you working in my life? What are things that um, led me to you? What are ways that I was overjoyed or sensitive to your spirit or um, obeyed you today? So, okay. So basically good things. Good things, yeah. Or, or really, but, or God things, really. God things. Because they're leading you to God or opening you up to the Lord, okay? Or things you got excited in the spirit about. Okay, so you do that. And man, you relive those in the spirit, but you let the Holy Spirit do the work. 
You don't work from the file cabinet of your memory because you can pull those up in a moment. You sit there in silence and you let the Lord present them to you. And if you trust the Holy Spirit is living and active and real, which we do, then he will begin to reveal those things. It'll blow your way just how he does it. Mm. But then after you do the consolations, then you move to the desolations. This is the part that's the hardest. The desolations are things that happened today, Chris, that closed me off to the Lord. Things that drew me away from God, ways I quenched the Holy Spirit in areas that I grieved the Holy Spirit. And what you do is you just ask the Holy Spirit. You say, hey, would you present to me ways where I was closed off to you? I hindered the work of God. I was critical or angry with people. And I'm telling you, he, you don't have to wait long. <laughs> He's willing and ready. You might start getting the answer before you even start asking. You know, but listen, listen, I'll tell you a funny story. So that day when I was doing this uh, daily um, back then, I was sitting, uh, that day I talked to my mother, and I don't know if you have a mom like this, but I have a mom who's good at giving unsolicited advice. Does your mom give unsolicited advice? Um, she does. Okay. My, my, my mom's got a PhD in it. I mean, she's so good at it. You know, you have to ask and she gives it. Yeah. So she had given me as usual, some unsolicited and she told me, I don't care how big you are. I'll give it to you the rest of your life. But anyway, so, um, she gave me some unsolicited advice and I said something snarky, like mom, listen, I am a grown man. I don't need to hear this from you. And you know, I'm a, I'm a grown man, mom. And I said it in kind of a sharp way, got off the phone, didn't think anything of it. Well, I got into that quiet time at night with the Lord. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't even finish. Lord, open me up to bingo. The Lord's like, hey, uh, remember, that, remember that conversation with your mother? Uh, you're going to have to have to call her tomorrow. Oh, boy. Yes, and apologize. And See, I thought, I've had those thoughts. And almost every time I rationalize them away. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to ask you for forgiveness. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't exactly. have to make that call. Exactly. But let me tell you something. When you sit silent, and still before the Lord, in a sense, naked spiritually, there's nowhere to hide, Chris. Hmm. He, he, he will pound that into your head. You need to make this call. And so I made the call the next day. I had to tell my mother what I was doing. But let me tell you something. If you get in that rhythm and routine of the Spirit reveals and you address, the Spirit reveals, you obey. The Spirit reveals, you respond. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is it's setting up in your, in your life a reflex. Watch mm -hmm. this. A reflex that when the Spirit speaks, you respond. See, that's really the Christian life. I mean, if you think about it, this is the Christian life, mm -hmm. okay? An abundant, vibrant Christian life. Look and listen for the voice of God. Number one, look and listen for the voice of God. Some of you, if you just do that, that'll change everything. Yeah. Look and listen for the voice of God. God is still speaking. Don't 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 get caught up and say, well, you know, we have the canon. God doesn't speak anymore. No, listen. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says God will cease to speak to individual people. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, one of the things I love, Martin Lloyd Jones said. He said the reason God gave the written word was not to cease cease from speaking to people in their hearts and minds but what but what the lord gave the written word for was to correct heresy hmm. he was trying to correct heresy so we have a guidebook a, a baseline to compare spirits i mean that's what we're doing we're discerning spirits discerning truth right we do that by the word so don't don't get into the idea where god doesn't speak to no no god wants to speak to he speaks through hmm. circumstances he speaks through people he speaks through the voice of the Just Holy never Spirit. never in contrary to his word. Never. It'll never. Yeah, exactly. So if you hear the Lord uh, really impress upon you something or really speak to your heart, you just you just put it beside the word and see if it matches up with the word. But the thing is, when God's, so the first thing is, listen for the voice of God. 
Second thing you can do, your whole Christian life is based on this. The second thing you can do is obey it. Listen to the voice of God and obey what he says. If you do that, and, and here's how you know you're growing. You ready for this? The, the time elapsed from the word of God spoken to your heart to the point of obedience in your life. The shorter the gap, the more you're maturing. The longer the gap, hmm. the, the more elapsed time there is, the, uh, the more growth is needed in your life. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Now you see the backstory. We Yeah, I was going to say, we're not going to have time to get to the actual story of the day. That's going to have to be next podcast. That was not our plan, by the way. That was not our plan. But you needed to hear all we of this yeah. because this sets up how... After 10 months of sitting and mm -hmm. discerning the voice of God and tuning my ear mm -hmm. to that Galilean accent of the Lord, and mm -hmm. I say that, I mean, I didn't hear a Galilean accent, but it's really the, the voice of the shepherd. Mm -hmm. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and they know his voice. And the only way a sheep can know the voices of the shepherd is by spending time with the shepherd. So next time, we are going to navigate that fateful day that we again it wasn't the beginning because i think the beginning was back when we started to pray as a people when you started to pray and ask god to change you but the culmination and the ongoing revival here at long Hall are so blessed and thankful and grateful and humbled and just continually in awe of what god is doing we'll talk more about that next time as always if you even if you have enjoyed the podcast take time to uh, text someone the link and let them know about it give us a five-star rating if you enjoy it that much wherever you listen to your podcast and until next time bye-bye Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.